Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tulsa Lately, your favorite locally based podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Apologies for the brief hiatus there. I would love to say that I was busy or I had very important things to do. In actuality, it was just good old fashioned holiday laziness that got the best of me. So, uh, but I'm back now, and I've got an interview that I did last week with the lovely co-owners of Soboco, a high fashion resale store that is in Midtown, the Midtown area. So we have a great conversation just about what they do, what they're about, and what that name means. So without further ado, enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right, I am here at the Soboco Clothing Company. Yes. You said it correctly. All I'm right. so proud. All right, and how about you guys introduce yourselves? My name is Lauren Spears, and I am the owner and manager of Soboco. I'm Charlie Spears, her loyal and faithful husband, and I don't do much managing, but I, I make sure the bills are paid. Yeah. And I, I actually office out of the back room and do my own thing, but that's not as important as what we're talking about here. <laughs> where, are you, where are you both from? Are you from around here? Uh, Charlie's from Tulsa. He's been here forever. Um, literally. Uh, I grew up in the St. Louis area and went to TU uh, to run cross country, and that's how we met. On the, you were running cross country too? Not at TU. No. I don't have the drive <laughs> that you need to be in uh, Division One athletics. Um, <laughs> at least you're honest. Yeah, very honest. <laughs> Although, I am running the half marathon tomorrow, um, and that's kind of a personal accomplishment of mine. Yeah, he's the one that's in shape now. Um, I have given up for a while. Lauren has ran You ran plenty, right? Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. ran a- enough miles for the rest of her life. In a week, she would run more than I've ran in the entire past month. Yeah. Yeah. Over it. So uh, how how long has this business been open? How long have you guys been doing this? Uh, so this current iteration of Soboco, <laughs> uh, we've been at this location on Route 66 for about a year and a half now. Yeah. So, but we started technically probably two and a half years ago. We had a little tester spot at 18th and Boston, um, which is why we named it the Soboco after the oh. South, South Boston, Boston neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. <laughs> yeah, because you guys don't exactly have the accents from, you know, Boston, no. Boston. I can, He's going to ca- try, I can catch though. up pretty quick. Though. I'm not going to try. Are you about to? No, I know. <laughs> I, I can't. I won't do Spare that. Us, I won't think. embarrass her. <laughs> <laughs> so is this... Uh, was it a passion project for you then exactly just at the beginning something you've always wanted yeah. to do uh haven't always wanted to do this my degree is in math um but i worked part-time my senior year of college for a lady that that did this um and the opportunity kind of came up with her moving overseas to kind of acquire her business um but financially it just wasn't going to work for us and we sat down um one night and just kind of decided like in an hour we decided to open a store came up with a name started looking at property it was a very quick turnaround so not a long-term goal of mine wait was it um, was it just one night that oh, we made it was, that transition yeah it was the one night because we we got the news that it just wasn't gonna work it wasn't yeah it just wasn't gonna work and we were like well we came up with this business plan and kind of 
made all of these plans as if we were going to go through with the sale. We do a lot of that. And then it just happened. And then it just happened. Yeah. And then we became (laughs) store owners. (laughs) Oh, a little bit. I mean, we, we, we scheme a lot and we're always imagining and conceptualizing things we could be doing, business plans, hobbies, projects, events, and, um, and sometimes they materialize. If, if, if the stars align and we, and, we, and we typically kind of guide our lives so that we can be in a position to then pull the trigger on an idea, then we can pull the trigger on, say, a resale clothing shop, and here we are today. But this isn't just like a, this isn't just like a thrift store. No. This is tell me tell me exactly what do you what do you sell yeah, here? Yeah, so we I would call it upscale resale. So we take um, gently used designer pieces as well as unique uh, vintage pieces. So it's really cool because you walk in and you'll have like a 1950s coat um, in perfect condition for forty dollars, but then you'll have a pair of vintage Gucci boots for $400. So I think there's a really cool mix of old and new and expensive and inexpensive, um, which I think is the way every closet should be. Like just a really good mix of tried and true thrift store finds and like really expensive designer finds. Okay. So yeah. Because that's what I was going to ask is how do you how do you what is the process to getting your inventory yeah so when we first started i did a lot of estate sale digging i would go every thursday to everything that was open and just kind of buy whatever i could find um and i think a couple of my friends just gave me like trash bags of clothes um (laughs) i was like okay we'll take it um first 20 items uh but now i just sit here all day, every day, and people come to us. It's so great. Um, we buy similarly to how Plato's Closet does, so we'll pay um, a little bit more, like 25% of sale price, um, because we're looking for nicer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just sit here, and people bring it in, and I go through it, and I say yes and no, and it's kind of fun, yeah. What you need in order for that to happen is a concentration of uh, wealth in a city, and Tulsa has a large enough um, population of people who are wealthy, who buy a lot of designer stuff, and have been here a while. And so, Lauren, through her networking and uh, just affable personality, has a large network of, of almost of almost entirely women who bring very nice stuff in. And, you know, whereas they could sell it online or personally or give it away, it's just very easy to say, oh, I've got all this Louis Vuitton. Uh, I can just take it to Lauren over at the Sobo. She'll pay me cash. Um, I don't wear this stuff anymore. Yeah. I think you also have to have the desire um, for designer fashion, which I think Tulsa has. You have desire but not access, which is why... We wanted to do this in the first place because you have people that really like to browse designer stuff and they like consume designer stuff on social media, but they have nowhere to buy it, Um, nor do they have the financial means to buy it new. Um, So that's where we come in. We provide access to that stuff 
and at a much lower cost than if you were to buy it new, like in Dallas, four hours away. And okay. and yeah, and you'll you'll notice that um, stores like ours of upscale resale exist in more metropolitan coastal cities, which typically lead the Tulsa and Midwestern market by about a decade or so. So we're a little bit ahead of the a curve here of the curve here, we believe. Um, but you'll see a lot of stores like ours doing very well in San Francisco, New York, Boston. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, you know, I've I've been to Plato's Closet before, and it seems like, I don't know, maybe I don't browse around, but it seems like you're more just getting name brand things that are in decent condition, not exactly super nice and fancy designer things. It's yeah. more just... Like, oh, here are some Abercrombie jeans that aren't too beat up or something. Yeah. It's just, okay. The word that most people use when they come in here is curated. So, mm. yeah, curated. curated. Mm. <laughs> uh, so a thrift store operates on donations. They take anything and everything, which is cool because you can find some gems in there. Um, and basically what we've done because we have the buying power. Um, we've just picked all of those gems out already for you and then put them all in one place so you don't have to really dig that much. Yeah, it's like walking into a thrift store and every single thing is the thing that you want to buy, not the one in 50 items that you pull. So what would you say is the advantage to having a brick-and-mortar retail store over an online <laughs> resale Resale store. Uh, resale is what I meant. Yeah, retail. We, this was a question we thought about well, a lot. That was the initial concept, actually. Yeah. Um, so the internet is big, and there are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people trying to do this, and I feel like the market is very oversaturated with people just reselling things online. And unless you kind of strike gold and you get a big following it's really hard to make it work and actually make money i think um so also there's, so there's a lower demand in tulsa than there is online or a higher demand in tulsa than there is online yeah not not what we expected but that's kind of how it's happened hmm, so cool. we put a lot of time and resources into listing everything and making it look really nice online but we found that people we're just looking at our website and then waiting to buy stuff until they came into the store huh. or like asking us where they could try it on. And so, um, yeah, just kind of turned into a very brick and mortar focused business uh, over time. We actually put a lot of time and money into building out a website, uh, doing a lot of the things that you that when you're trying to build an e-commerce business that you should do. Uh, that was much more of an uphill. That's much more of an uphill battle for us than um, starting a brick and mortar store, which is kind of, you know, upside down for 2018. You'd expect everybody who's an entrepreneur to be doing something in e-commerce or tech, which is great. It's just that's um, there are a lot of barriers to that, and um, at least for developing our own proprietary website through which we are the exclusive seller. But yeah, we could sell through third parties, and we have. That's not our goal. Maybe down the road, as we get more comfortable with owning an actual brick and mortar and we've got some some years and some experience and some capital built up, maybe we'll venture back into trying to do some e-commerce thing. Um, 
We actually sell a ton on Instagram. Yeah. Not our website. Yeah. All of our online sales are on Instagram. Uh, it's a huge movement in the vintage community to just have an Instagram store. Like you're literally just posting pictures of your inventory on Instagram as if they were like just art photos and then people DM you to purchase. Oh. Huh. Yeah. It's like, here's my credit card number. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a week where we sold more through Instagram than we did in store. Yeah. And also, there's, I think there are some really cool things about the experience we provide here that are hard to communicate online. Like, a lot of people come to shop here because it's a very empowering experience, and you kind of get, like, a some styling help as well that you wouldn't get if you were just shopping online. Um, yeah, and we do a lot of work with photographers and stylists and models, and we have all of these creative projects that we're doing all the time, and I feel like those are all things that we couldn't really do if we were just an online presence. Um, yeah, just my, my vision for the store is very outward, like very community-focused, and I think that's hard to to do or to communicate online. So yeah, it, often you need to be really, really savvy and committed, and typically have a large team whose kind of dedicated job is to do and handle all the e-commerce side of the business. All the SEO, yeah, and everything like that. I mean, we like we can do that. We just have I done hate that. Doing it though, <laughs> we found that's just not our thing. For some like, people, oh, I yeah. need 10 more words in this item description, so it's SEO optimized. So, I just, that would kill my yeah, soul. Yeah, I've done that, I did that for a bit. It's so tedious. Ugh. It's so tedious. <laughs> and, and I believe the markets, or at least the internet maybe, is shifting a little bit to where it's not geared as much toward SEO, but towards like co- the value of the content and mm-hmm. engagement, um, which we actually find we do pretty well just through our... When I say our, I mean Lauren. Lauren is a social media genius, actually, if I can give her props here. But just through just natural organic engagement and reach that she's created through all these projects, a lot of which generate visual media and photos, which are perfect for our uh, promotion online. Hmm. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like, uh, sounds like you guys have got a good thing going. Um, what, do you, what do you do... Let's talk about what you do outside of this. That's I mean, a, this isn't all you, right? A million. Yeah, so many things. Because you're, you're clearly, I, I was seeing, I did scroll through some of the blogs and stuff, and you yeah. clearly have, you know, a very uh, a very good eye for Thank fashion you. and everything like that. So that's, that's obviously something as well. Yeah, so uh, there are, so, okay. I'll start with the fashion-related projects that we do outside of here. Uh, so I also... I'm kind of the lead stylist for Runway Tulsa oh. and the oh. Oklahoma Fashion Initiative, which are organizations trying to bring um, like big coastal fashion trends and experiences to the Midwest. So um, partnering with local designers and putting on runway shows and really just trying to like promote fashion here in Tulsa. So yeah. Um, it would be so much fun to go make it work in LA, um, but I would just much rather build something here. So 
always doing something. Just bring LA to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Forget LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then non-fashion related things. Uh, so I do data analysis part-time um, for a market research company uh, from my math degree. That's a bit of a different industry. That's so you, you, different. You're working in two like opposite <laughs> ends of all yeah. two or three or five <laughs> sides of her brain. Yeah, uh, I like it. It's nice because, you know, three weeks out of the month, I can focus on Sobo stuff. And then there's that one week where I just get to sit down and like really dive into the math stuff. Um, so it's, I, I like having both sides of the brain. Cause you working. said you went to TU. Before yeah. We went were talking to TU before. for math. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I play a lot of video games. <laughs> <laughs> What's you into? Uh, okay. So the star Wars MMO, like we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. We found out we're kind of both a couple nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nerdy. And then I love the mass effect series. I think I, play through that trilogy like every six months or so he thinks i'm so weird for replaying (laughs) i love mass effect it's just i don't love it that much (laughs) um and then watching the office over and over again well we well we do do that which is Uh, totally acceptable by the way (laughs) um yeah you just get in the mood and then you can't just watch like a you know random episodes you have to you know get the context the story it's not weird um <laughs> and then uh that duo like the bioware ea duo also makes a trilogy called dragon age i don't know if you've heard of it no i've heard of it yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's like mass effect but medieval essentially okay i love it shut up <laughs> <laughs> no i i think it's awesome um, a lot of guys would kill to have their sob uh really into video games especially if you are i am but lauren uh yeah lauren what's the game that you guys is there, are there any games that you guys play like against each other at all any Ooh. sort of like classic games you guys have a nintendo we've, 64 laying around or something we do, we're playing. pc gamers <laughs> yeah, we're oh, yeah? PC, yeah yeah we're serious gamers <laughs> oh Thank you. oh i'm sorry yeah. well oh. we actually don't have a television <laughs> is the problem <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we just started playing this game called Spy Party. Spy Party. Because we saw a video game donkey video where he plays oh, Spy Party. Like that's funny. Um, yeah, it's one person, so much. One fun. person's a sniper, and the other person is a. They try to pretend to be an NPC in a like at a at a dinner party, and yeah. you there's all these you have clues. To, like, spy your way through a party. You have to. There are objectives, so you have to plant a bug, and switch a vase and the sniper's trying to figure out who you are and so it's a game of cat and mouse okay and it's really yeah. fun charlie okay. charlie wins a lot <laughs> yeah. i'm really good at pretending to be a computer it's the it's the that stinking vase switch that gets me every single time he i think that's his strategy is he just waits for he like watches the statues the whole time and then he like memorizes yeah yeah so Charlie, what do you do outside of all this? Um, I wear many hats. Um, I do a lot of things. Some of which are fun to talk about. Some of which aren't, and some of which make. Let's focus on the ones that aren't fun to talk about. Okay, yeah, tell me the, the terrible ones, stuff in your. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of which make money. Some of which don't. The classic millennial gig economy example here. So I have a. Um, 
My bread and butter is a little oil and gas data mining business that I run out of the back of the SoboCo. Um, I swear to so God, I don't, front. Sell, I don't sell drugs. I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Um, <laughs> although I, I, I am your resident uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency guy. Um, and um, yeah. But I do other things like uh, I'm, I'm playing a band. I play, I'm playing a show tonight. Um, and um, those are some of the more fun things. Another thing I've, be, I've been trying to do. So we have this brick and mortar store on 11th Street. And Lauren does the lion's share of all the real work up here. Um, I don't really actually contribute as much to the store um, daily operations anymore. Um, but I've, I've been trying with mixed success to develop a, uh, a community of businesses on this street. Three years ago, there was this, this street was vacant. Okay. Um, you would be insane to try to. It was to, like the scary street yeah. to run down, I remember. It's still a little scary. But um, 20 new businesses have opened up within um, a quarter mile each way from us. Hmm. And we are... I, I would make a comparison to a very early Blue Dome district. If you went to the Blue Dome district a decade ago, because I, I got mugged about a decade ago in the Blue Dome. Oh, uh, no, yeah, it's changed a lot. Changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so you can make similar comparisons. I was actually talking to our city councilor, Blake Ewing, about this recently. I'm trying to talk to him. Yeah. 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 Reach I know out. Garrett. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Hitting out. <laughs> keep, keep hitting him up. He'll eventually respond. All right. All right. You just coming for persist. you, Blake. Yeah, coming for you, Blake. Hey, Blake. No, Charlie says you should talk to this guy. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I was just kind of commiserating with him about just the struggles and challenges, uh, safety, economic, and just yeah. dealing with uh, frustrating, you know, things that happen in a in a young. Uh, in a young, growing, revitalized area. All right. Yeah. And I mean, the more the street grows, the more we grow. So there's definitely a relationship there uh, between like how well our neighbors are doing and how close we all are and how safe the street is and our business. Rising tide raises all boats. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most boats. Most Most boats. (laughs) The boats that should be raised. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. So do you guys have any uh, any sort of event event calendar or any social media or something you'd like to plug? Something yeah, you got coming up. always. Um, so depending on when this comes out. Um, It'll be out probably Well, tomorrow. you should always follow our Instagram, uh, the SoboCo, um, all one word, lowercase, because I post all of our new arrivals there. You can shop from there. Um, just get outfit inspiration or ignore us completely i don't know i don't know it's preferably the first thing (laughs) right 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 right. yeah um just make sure yeah but i'm not in control of the instagram algorithm so Mm. i don't know not yet (laughs) (laughs) um so small business saturday the saturday after thanksgiving is a big day for us support your local small businesses yeah so not a lot of people shop local for the holidays but i think that's crazy because there are so many great stores here in tulsa um and you should definitely be shopping them um we'll have a big discount we'll be giving away some free jewelry by a local designer gina acosta um yeah it'll be a fun day mimosas yeah, and donuts you work with 
so just a jewelry designer at the moment. Um, the Naked Bean by Gina Costa. Um, but we also partner with a local tailor in-house, the Tulsa tailor, um, Shay Hanning. She is a miracle worker, not an exaggeration at all. Um, so if you need something tailored, she's got you. And we've featured other local oh, designers and, uh, such as Soraya Storm mm-hmm. uh, and Nikki, uh, who goes by the name. Uh, just Nikki Warren. Oh, Nikki Warren. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then we're going to start buying wholesale from Blackburn Goods. She's a local leather goods maker. Um, mm. I'm carrying her backpack right now. Um, she is incredible. Like, like next level from a lot of designers yeah. here in Tulsa doing Blackburn leather goods. Blackburn Goods on Instagram. She's so good. Go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and then our holiday party. December 6th is our holiday party, our general. Everybody should come to that. That's more of a party than a sale. And so that's we, also we, Lauren's birthday. It's uh, my birthday. So right. that'll but be if people come party. with cash in their wallets, you're not going to turn them down. No, yeah. No. I mean, yeah, you can buy <laughs> stuff. I'm not going to not let you buy something. <laughs> and if you don't come, we'll just assume it's because you don't like, like me. Yeah. So oh, gosh, it's guys, no pressure, guys. but... Yeah, um, <laughs> but that'll be a fun night also because all of the other businesses on the street will be doing um, their own kind of art installations. So it'll be a little bit of an art walk type night, which will be really fun. And then we'll have live music, um, discounts, photo booth. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's December 6th. Yeah. Um, well, if we get a chance to self-promote... I'm in a band, Bringer, B-R-I-N-G-E-R. We play a lot of music here in town. We always have a good time. What kind of music? Uh, Just rock and roll. Mainly like like if the Rolling Stones lost half their original members and they're hungover and they're playing casinos. And with like them on that on a bad night would be us like on a good night. So. Okay, you've thought that through. You've thought that <laughs> self-insult through. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, anyway. All right. Um, and then uh, I... I, I play tonight? Yeah, we're playing cool. tonight at Lefties. That, that'll yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and I also produce... If I mean, if you listen to podcasts, you obviously listen to other you podcasts. This isn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily targeted towards your general audience because it's a very um, niche industry podcast called... It is a, yeah. It is a death match for the top podcast here, so oh, I appreciate yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. He's never going to have us on here ever it's again. It's oil and gas related. <laughs> very niche, like very small uh, kind of targeted audience. It's called The Drill Down. If you're at all interested in any of that kind of thing, you might be. I actually promised that I would uh, plug Paul Watson's pod- Thunderbus podcast. Yeah. The Thunder, Go if, the Thunderbus yeah. because he Paul. recommended you guys to me. So yeah. oh, I was course. like, Thank in exchange, Paul. I will we'll, promote. We'll this, is, <laughs> this is the promotion, Paul. Thunderbus. It's we'll a recommend Paul back Oklahoma City yeah. Thunder based podcast. Good. We'll yeah. Paul back. All right. Cool. 100% certified fresh. Right. That's like the Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten tomatoes phrase. phrase. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Paul gets my unequivocal recommendation. Yeah. Well, if we're done with all our plugs, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> You've got a great thing going here. It's pretty cool. Thank Everyone. You. And where are you located again? We are at 11th and Peoria, 1344 East 11th Street. The big neon metal gold sign, a block east of that. Okay. And if you still can't find it after that, 
I don't know how we can help You're hopeless. Them. Yeah. Good luck. All right. <laughs> and that about wraps it up for this episode of Tulsa Lately. Join me later this week. I'm going to have some other interviews coming on the pipeline. I will be announcing that on social media. But, you know, go ahead and follow SoboCo. They've, you know, they've got their Instagram. They've got Facebook. And I will put links to that in my notes. Still working on the uh, Peak Dispensary interview. That will be coming soon. I can assure you. But until then, I mean, I guess that's all that needs to be said for today. So, see y'all around.